Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. What's up, everybody? You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone Podcast. I am one of your hosts today, Jimmy Wong. And I'm DJ. Hello, everyone. And we'll give one how's it for Josh Lee Kwai, who is not here. How is it? How is it? (laughs) Yeah, I wish you would say it like that. How is it? I think there's a Z in that spelling, too. It always mystified me. Today, we are reviewing Strixhaven, the main set review part one. Wow, that's a lot of words, DJ. (laughs) Yeah, what we're getting at is it's not the Commander product. So this is the main Strixhaven set that you open in booster packs. Uh, There's a lot of awesome cards in here and we got to look at how they're going to fit into our commander decks. Yeah, and there's a bunch to talk about today and there's actually going to be two parts of the set review today. We're talking about the monocolored cards only. But before we get into it, of course, this show, many thanks, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's our affiliate link. Strixhaven, five different colleges, so many different ways to express yourself as a magic player. So you're going to want to pick up those cards. You're going to do it anyway. Head on over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone, type that little link in there and blammo, you're ready to buy some cards. Also last month, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast yet, but we raised a ton of money for magic kids who is sending cards to schools to help give them sort of like magic packs and like sort of like create a magic club at their school. So thanks to you using the affiliate link, whether or not you knew it throughout the month of April, you help support that initiative. That's really awesome. I like, I like that. Well, we always love magic because it teaches people stuff. Um, of course, also Ultra Pro supports this show. You can buy their products. We've got these amazing playmats in front of us, but they got sleeves, deck boxes, everything you need to make your magic set look great, as well as your commander deck protected. Finally, last way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone. The patrons are our lifeblood. We love them. And of course, we shout one lucky patron out every episode. So this episode is dedicated to Tyler Cadden. Tyler, you rock. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, Tyler. Um, All right, let's just dive right into it. Non-legendary creature cards, not creature cards, non-legendary monocolored cards from the Strixhaven main set. Two-part series. This is the first part. Uh, You'll see their other videos. There's a ton of videos coming on the channel, so subscribe if you haven't already. Ring that bell, because they're not just coming out once a week. They're coming at you all over the place. All over the place, yeah, and there's a lot to keep up with. Um, Of course, we we ought to talk about some of the new mechanics. I don't know if you all covered this. We we, kind of touch on the mechanics, because obviously we're talking about a lot of cards in here, but sometimes under 
understanding the mechanics can help you figure out what commander deck it goes into. And some of these actually are really cool mechanics. The first one, I'm a really big fan of. Yeah, Magecraft. So this is whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell and then something happens, it'll say Magecraft on the card. This is like Strixhaven's big main mechanic. Each college has their own specific flavor of this. So like Silver Coil is about pumping creatures and evasion. Prismari often like triggers single instance effects. Witherbloom is life gain. Lorehold is graveyards. Quandrix is plus one, plus one counters and resources. But the general idea is that there's a lot of cards that care about casting or copying instance or sorceries. Yay. Casting instance or sorceries is like a normal thing that we see a lot of time. Oh, yeah. But rarely have we seen like that copy clause, which is really cool because it opens up a whole new space for like, well, wait, does it trigger on this? Does it trigger on this? Uh It's really cool. Yeah, so cards that are just generically going to be good with a lot of this stuff are your reverberates and your dual caster mate. Mage, <laughs> dual caster mage. But all uh, that good stuff, yeah. All that good stuff. So just keep those in mind as we talk about these cards. Um, another main mechanic is learn slash lesson. This one's a little less relevant. So if a card says, and it says learn, similar like a card would say investigate or something in the past, you're going to have two choices. The first choice is you rummage. So you discard a card and draw a card. Or you reveal a lesson card from outside the game and put it into your hand. Now, that just doesn't matter in our format. We got no sideboards. So learn basically means rummage. Okay, and finally, Ward. It's a new evergreen mechanic, so this is similar to Scry, Flying, Trample, all that stuff. It's a card, it will say Ward and then a cost. So whenever a permanent with Ward becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, you counter it unless the Ward cost is paid. Typically, it's like two extra mana or three life or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, protecting your creatures is good. Ward is a pretty good mechanic, mm-hmm. although it stinks that it just counters it. So basically, you can like... If you are, hopefully you're in a nice play group and this doesn't matter, but online, you know, you can still cast the spell. And then if you can't pay the two, it just gets countered. And you're like, but I wouldn't have cast that otherwise. Otherwise, No, yeah. Yeah. Ward is just kind of like a mini tax if someone's trying to target your stuff. Won't be as relevant. Magecraft is really the shiny one out of this entire set. Definitely. Um, And this first card, we're going to start off with white. The first card we're going to actually read has something else that's sort of a a, a semi theme, which is there are alternate casting costs to a lot of cards. Um, So this first one, let's go right into it. It's Devastating Mastery. Two and white, 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 white. (laughs) That's four white pips. That's a lot of pips right there. Yeah, I don't think you see that very often. So that's six mana total for a sorcery. And it says at the very top, you may pay two white, white rather than pay this spell's mana cost. Reasonable casting cost. Okay. Four instead of six. Uh, and it says, if the two white white cost was paid, an opponent chooses up to two non-land permanents they control and returns them to their owner's hand. And then the actual card, what it does is destroy all non-land permanents. So just to brief you on what this means, if you if you pay the regular casting cost, two white, 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 six mana total, destroy all non-land permanents. If you pay two white, white instead, then you choose an opponent. I go, DJ, you choose two non-land permanents you control, return them to your hand, and then you blow up all non-land permanents. Huh. So that's a definite downside because I'm immediately like, I will pick up my soul ring and, you know, this a relevant powerful creature. enchantment or a creature. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. So really, uh, you have to use this really politically unless you're just doing this as a normal board wipe. Yeah. Um, six mana value for uh, destroy all non-land permanence is pretty boring, but it's pretty much like what it costs a lot of the time. Planar cleansing is three yeah. white, white, white. Um, Hour of revelation. However, this card actually costs white, 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 just three mana if 10 or more non-land permanents are on the battlefield so you're not seeing it happens oh yeah it'll happen almost immediately in in, in commander (laughs) games so the casting cost of devastating mastery isn't that interesting the interesting part is whether or not you're going to pay four mana to blow up everything 
and give an opponent two of their non-land permanents back to their hands. I think I think you have to use it politically, and mm-hmm. I think that this this quad white feels really bad unless you're in like a mono white deck. Like, I mean, in an Avacyn deck where you want to blow up stuff anyways, maybe. Um, I mean, a lot of times white decks, they uh, use artifact ramp. Mm -hmm. In many cases, they commit to the board with creatures, relevant creatures. Yeah, this makes it feel even worse. And so, like, sometimes, like, these uh, destroy all non-land permanents uh, feel awkward in white decks. Uh, And so you see them a lot of times in multicolored decks. And this mana cost is prohibitive. Some people have really expensive, nice mana bases and can support this. But uh, it's not a small cost to include four white pips and a casting cost. Yeah. Um, I do like these this whole cycle. There's actually a ton of different cycles in this. Because, like, every Strixhaven... Cycles 23 cycles that's way more than i thought there yeah were. <laughs> i read it on a wiki though so don't quote me but it feels like every single school has its own thing and so we're going to see this mechanic of being able to pay something cheaper and yeah. let your opponents have something uh i don't think i'm going to run this in very many decks i don't think so either now white is trending towards hey we got more lands on the battlefield because we're always catching up with all the new cards and the archaeomancers maps and stuff but in general, unless you're playing in a game and there's a JLK going off and, hey, your DJ's stacks cards are the only thing that's going to stop the combo player from rebuilding and redominating the table, then maybe you pay the alternate cost. Say, DJ, you have to return these things, otherwise I won't cast this. But generally, I think this is a bit of a wah wah. So. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's talk about the next one. It is Elite Spellbinder, two elite. and a white for a three one. It's very elite. What are you talking about? Elite. This is. This is Paulo Vito Domodoroso's uh, championship card. Oh, it's card. his championship card? Yeah, is that him on it? Yeah, look at him on it! Oh my gosh, it's Paolo. So cool. Okay, okay. Read the text. It's, <laughs> it, it looks it looks like him. It looks really cool. Uh, and it's pushed to be playable. It is pushed to be playable in like a 60-card format. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but, you know, it's really cool. So Elite Spellbinder, great name for a championship card. Two and a white for a 3-1 creature human cleric with flying. When Elite Spellbinder enters the battlefield, a look at target opponent's hand. You may exile a non-land card from it for as long as that card... Uh, remains exiled its uh owner may cast it okay so they can play it uh but they have to um basically pay two more to cast it oh so it adds a it basically gives it a commander tax yeah. out of so their you, hand you exile the spell and that spell can be cast no matter what whether this thing leaves or not but it always just costs two more and they can cast it out of exile okay and if this dies the card doesn't go back to their hand it just no, exiles out of their hand it's always there it always just costs two more but it is a single opponent. And in Commander, we often really like it when it hits all of our opponents. Yeah, I would say this feels like a standard card, a historic card, maybe. The only way I see this going nuts in Commander is if you flicker this infinite times and just exile everyone's hand. And then everything costs... <laughs> and then here's the thing, everything costs two more. But God Pharaoh's statue is just a six-man artifact that makes everything cost two more uh-huh. and drains them for one at the end of the, each turn or whatever. Yeah. And that's not like some... It's an uncommon artifact. It's not like that's people are freaking out about playing that card. So, and like there's other taxation effects out there like Grand Arbiter. Right. You know, things yeah, like so that. So not too impressive. Here. Not, not very impressive, but like I wouldn't be surprised to see this in 60 card formats. I will be putting that in my cube. Oh, that's a fun cube card for sure. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got Leonin Lightscribe, one in the white for a 2-2 cat cleric with Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or a sorcery spell, creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. So this is the Silver Quill sort of standard limited mechanic. Pump your creatures up. If you're in a token deck, good job. Go wide decks like Kaikar, uh, where you're just making tons of little things. Yeah, and Kaikar triggers off of spells, so this can so you usually have a high um, 
spell count in there. There are some cat decks that also pump out a bunch of cat creature tokens. So I could see Leon the Lyscribe being a player, a niche player in those types of decks, but otherwise nothing too crazy here. Yeah, it's a little bit, it's not too crazy, but like if you find that you have a monastery mentor in one of your decks, uh, then maybe you want to oh, yeah. have a Lyscribe along with it. Secret Rendezvous. Ah, yes. Th- one white, white for sorcery you and target opponent each draw three cards. Yeah, a lot of controversy around this card. I actually got to speak to Mark Rosewater about it briefly. I was, and he was just like, yeah, a lot of people apparently just, they're like, this isn't good enough. This, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, what did you want? Just to, for it to say, you draw three cards for no. one white white? No, of course not. Um, so, and like, again, I think this is a card that's like pointing its finger directly at Commander. Um, you know, obviously this is going to see some play in Limited, maybe, or just awful. I don't know. I think it's actually really bad in Limited. I think it's standard. really bad in limited and standard and any 1v1 format i actually think it's quite bad yeah i think it's just for commander and for me i'm totally fine with this i think commander's all about having fun and if you can make a nice little right like we always do this all the time give me two turns give me one turn i'll give you three cards i would take that deal yeah or like whatever you use like i need your help with this thing do you want to draw three cards to have a secret rendezvous except not so secret at the table because everyone's gonna see it happen <laughs> Um, I think it. I think it's fine, and I don't know why people are annoyed by it. Yeah, and honestly, I think Commander could use a little more trending towards the casual direction on occasion. And if people are playing Secret Rendezvous against me at a Magic Fest, and I watch it used, and it has, it makes people have fun. I'm, I'm giving it the thumbs up. I love it. <laughs> I'm gonna cast it in political decks all the time. It's there you go. There you go. All right. Next up is Semester's End, three and a white for an instant. Exile any number of target creatures and or planeswalkers you control. At the beginning of the next end step, return each of them to the battlefield under its owner's control. Each of them enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it if it's a creature and an additional loyalty counter on it if it's a planeswalker. Okay, now this is a little more exciting. This is like, you know, a four mana somewhat Teferi's Protection type effect. But of course, it's just creatures and planeswalkers. And you get to choose which ones go away. I can see this doing two different things. uh, And the flexibility might make it playable. But for each thing, it's like a little bit not as great. Um, So if it's a protection piece, uh, we have pieces of protection at three mana that can like blink out your whole board. Like Ghost Play, Eerie Interlude, stuff like that. Teferi's Protection, like you mentioned, which does... Teferi's Protection does have another level of protection on there. Even the new like a chroma thing that protects your creatures. There's oh, lots right. of different ways to well. protect your, your creatures. Uh, the more mana it costs to protect your creatures, the harder it is to actually protect them. Because what ends up happening is that you end up holding mana once you've committed to the board and you don't develop the board, you don't use your right. mana. You just like play out of fear holding this thing up for a board wipe. Uh, so if this costs four mana, five mana, it, it gets harder tricky. It harder. gets harder and harder. Now, if there's blink shenanigans in there, Uh, then this could be used for value with blink. Um, One-off blink effects, though, I again, we have them at three mana, uh, and those aren't like super important, impressive, played all the time. How much value do you need to get off of your four-mana spell in order to have it be a blink value you know, play. You need a lot of value. I think the thing that makes this cool is that you can blink planeswalkers, and so that's a way to reset their counters, reset their loyalty. Sorry, when they come back on the battlefield, and they get one extra. Um, because you, yeah, you're right. You don't want to be yeah, playing. You can't activate them after you blink them in and out. So right. they come back, and and a lot of times they're vulnerable right when they come back. So adding an extra loyalty to them makes them a little bit more resilient. And your is- creatures will block them or whatever. But I think like in a super friends deck, you know, at, or the war planeswalkers, once they've get really low, you might want to semesters end them to blink them out and re sort of reset them 
Um, so I could see that being somewhat relevant. Now, semesters end with like a doubling season. Doesn't look good because they come back at the end step. So again, like DJ said, you're not able to activate them. So I think cards like Heroic Intervention, I always look at compared to Semester's End type effects and why are cards like Heroic Intervention so good? You only have to hold up two mana for it. You don't need to care, right? It doesn't matter if you're a blank deck or want those enter the battlefield effects. You can use that against a board wipe. You can use that against target removal. It's a great way to just keep your board on the table and you're not like, you know, it, to me, Semester's End is... It feels really cool, but you don't really see Eerie Interlude and Ghostway get played that often. So you're going to want it in those decks, but don't go thinking this is like, oh, a fantastic new card. It's great for maybe Super Friends to do some I like it with Super Friends deck. Just imagine, because a lot of times you play the Super Friends, you play your Planeswalkers, and you need to, you get some advantage, but you just need to get around the table. And everyone's yeah. like, all right, we need to attack them, you know? Right. Uh, you can block with chump block here and there and then semester's end instant speed everything leaves and comes back and then you're still sort of a planeswalker threat yeah it sucks if you're using like elspeth to make three tokens and you're like those but are my blockers select, true this is not, that's a good point. some of them are just like all of them are blinking away so maybe this is the one that that works for planeswalkers because you don't uh, get yeah. those tokens uh out of the way yeah not a bad point all right semester's end you're uh you're you're gonna be played just not as widely as maybe i would have wanted to originally yeah okay We've got Strict Protector. Uh, no, Strict Proctor. Strict Proctor. Much more school-themed. Yes. <laughs> what in a white for a 1-3 Spirit Cleric with flying. Whenever a permanent enters the battlefield, choose a... Tr uh, sorry. Whenever a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability to trigger, counter that ability unless its controller pays two. Oh, now this is very hate-berry. It's a two-mana 2-3 two, two flyer, so that's kind of nice by itself. But this is just like, hey, uh, good night, flicker decks. Yeah, good night, all the ETBs. And a lot of times, I think that commander players use ETBs a lot more than the average player. Yeah. Um, of some of, if you look at the top 10 creatures, top 50 creatures, uh, a huge amount of them are using ETBs. Uh, that's why cards like, you know, Hushbringer, Quatley Honor Guard, Hushwing Griff, all of these are really great white creatures that can just kind of shut down entire deck strategies. Yeah, I actually liked what you wrote here, which is that this works on any permanence. So bounce lands, when they come in, it says we're bouncing their card to your hand as they're in the battlefield. But this says counter that ability unless his controller pays two. So you're not going to pay that. So that's the way that you can break the symmetry on this. Right. Uh, all of these other cards that I mentioned, they just say no to ETBs of creatures. This does hit permanence. But the problem is that uh, like, if you have a really important ETB that you need... Like, I don't know, like a Massacre Girl or something like that. Like, uh, they can, it's Commander. We're a big mana format. They can pay the two. Right. So this is actually, I think, more interesting for Lotus Field. Those, like, interesting parts where you don't want to actually have that trigger yeah, ability happen. where you don't have a lot of ETBs yourself. You can you can have a few. You don't, you're okay to have some Nombos in your deck. Yeah. Um, but you, you abuse it and hope that it slows your opponents down at the same time. But if you are playing your Kodama of the First Tree or your Panharmonicon dot decks uh, against them, strict, so strict proctors, yeah, it's really annoying because that two mana adds up because those decks want to make four or five different ETB triggers happen or they want to double down on stuff all the time and now it's saying like, sorry, you gotta, you gotta pay, you gotta pay, you gotta pay. That would definitely slow them down. And for two mana, I think this is like one of those hate bears that, again, as long as you're not super messed up by it, I could definitely see it being a pretty fun card to slow your opponents down just enough but not in a way that's like really people would too hate hateful? you for. Yeah, it's not, not too, too hateful. hateful. Yeah. yeah. What would yeah. you call it? Like s semi stacks? <laughs> I don't know. I'd still, when you tax people, it's still going to be some stacksy. 
yeah. element to it. Yeah, and some people will hate it, but maybe your uh, other players around the table will be like, thank goodness you're doing that. Otherwise, they'd be going off like crazy. Yeah. All right, let's move on to blue here. First up is a card that was previewed all the way back when Strixhaven was first being talked about. It's Archmage Emeritus. Two blue blue for a 2-2 human wizard with magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, draw a card. So four mana, a little bit overcosted for this, but the ability obviously very strong. And it's a 2-2, so it's a little fragile. But hey, you get to draw a ton of cards with this card if no one gets rid of it. If you cast one spell and draw a card off of it, it's already a pretty good card. Yeah. You know, and then if you draw two... It's great. And then, obviously, the intent of this is to keep going and drawing more and more cards. Yeah, if you have a bunch of cantrips that already say draw a card, and then now you're drawing another one. Um, this as an enchantment, obviously, would be really powerful, but it's a human wizard, so you got all those tribal connections there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're playing a Tauran deck, I could see you running something like this because you're oh, always totally. countering you're and stuff. You're already drakes, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and you're already trying to stop people from killing things, so your Archmage is going to be very powerful to sit there. Uh, if we look at similar commanders that have this mechanic, Niv-Mizzet or Joyra, right. um, both of these can have their different ways to trigger to draw cards, and uh, they're powerful. Would you remove this on site in the right deck? Oh, 100%. Are you kidding me? Okay, there this you go. This would draw so many cards. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to let this stick around. Otherwise, you're you're letting your opponent kind of go off if they're ready to do so. And if it's in your deck, you're hopefully playing this and at least holding up a couple mana to get an instant or sorcery in just in case. I'd honestly be afraid of like they have Talrand or something else and this hits the battlefield field and then i'm like all right the thing's bad things we need to board wipe and then they counter draw a card make a drag (laughs) do this like you know what i mean like there's this disruption vibe and getting you to keep going you know yeah um because as you try to interact with them they disrupt you and then draw more cards to disrupt you even more yep yep and that's the last thing you want to feels like brawl oh gosh brawl is this would go in a brawl deck i think because it makes them all cost way cheaper the things that are drawing you cards now yeah okay uh ingenious mastery this is the mastery for blue uh x2 blue okay so for sorcery you may pay two in a blue rather than pay the spell's mana cost if two and a blue cost was paid, you draw three cards. Then an opponent creates two treasure tokens and they scry two. Jeez. Okay. So before I get into the X, uh, this is could be a two and a blue. You draw three. Your opponent creates two treasures and scries two. Okay. If you did pay uh, X, you draw X cards. Okay. So this could just be a for five mana. You're paying three f- uh, sorry. Five mana, two draw for two. X. Yeah, draw two. No thanks. Six mana, draw three. No thanks. Seven mana, draw... No. 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 No thanks at almost any level. And this is the mastery cycle, uh, just so you know. There's one in each color. Yeah. Uh, these are sort of the alternate mana cost ones. So now we don't like the rate of paying X for this. What about the just two at a blue? You draw three cards, which is, which by the way is good. Yeah, divination plus one. Not bad. Yeah. Um, but your then, opponent makes two treasures and scries two. Yes. So keep in mind that the white version of this, again, let your opponent bounce two non-land permanents back to their hand. That, I think, is much stronger than two treasures scry two. Sometimes it's tough. I don't know. I, I feel like this card I'm, one, never going to play um, <laughs> because it is... Wait a second. What about in like a Zaxara deck where X matters? Sure, maybe. But I feel like unless you're really helping someone, right? You don't want to ever give this to someone that's on par with you or slightly ahead. The only person you want to target with this is someone that's super far behind that would really need the treasures and the whatever. Because Scry 2 is almost a card, and two treasures are surprisingly good. Oh, yeah, especially if, and like, heaven forbid, they're an artifact deck. Jeez. 
I mean, it just it just ramps them ahead to something even more relevant. People might dismiss the treasures. I've I've seen people all online and on Twitter be like, you know, it's two treasures is nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, it's not nothing. It's I'll it, say that. Yeah, it's really not nothing. It's it's a pretty big boost to be able to generate a few treasures. Yeah. So I think this is definitely it's a real tough one to to. Unless you're, again, in that type of deck where you're happy to have a secret rendezvous, you're happy to give your opponent a lot of value. I like that. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be tough to sort of justify this type of card. Again, maybe there will be that time when someone is super mana screwed and they, they definitely need it. But the other option of this card for X to and two in the blue is not attractive whatsoever. It's just way too much mana to draw cards, especially in blue, which is very good at doing it already. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's in blue, right? Yeah, they don't need, right? They don't like, need. Thirst, <laughs> thirst for knowledge is draw three, you know, like, yeah. there's a lot of them. All right. And also, I will say that that's a sorcery. Thirst for knowledge oh, is an instant. I know. Not okay. feeling good now. Yeah, not feeling good. All right. Next up, we got Kelpie Guide. It's two in the blue for a creature beast 2 2. Uh, you can tap it to untap another target permanent you control. You can also tap it to tap target permanent, and you activate this only if you control eight or more lands. So, this first line is probably the most interesting. This is just untapping another permanent you control. This can untap a land if you got that Gaia's Cradle out there or a Gilded Lotus. Blammo! That's a lot of untapping ability. This is definitely like a Josh Lee Quiet type of card, like Vizier of Tumbling Sands is another card I know he likes as well. Yeah, basically, I think that you should pay attention to these little things more. They're budget, they're, uh, and they're better than you think. Yeah. You know, they're, they're good little mana dorks. Pretty powerful. Yeah. Okay, I have multiple choice. X into blue. Uh, but different things happen if you put <laughs> different amounts of mana into X. So, if X is one, scry one, then draw a card. Okay. If X is two, you may choose a player. They return a creature they control to its owner's hand. If X is three, create a four-four blue and red elemental creature token. If X is four or more, do all of the above. Okay. All right. So let's go through. Let's them? go through. Yeah. Let's go through okay. them at each one. So uh, one in a blue. Scry one. Draw a card. Uh, Would you pay that? Yes, I would probably pay that. It would be better if I was in a Brawl type deck where I could reduce mana costs, but one in the blue... But it's, you feel like it's not like you should be paying one for that. I think I should be paying one for Scry 1 draw a card. Because Scry 2 draw a card, like Preordain and Ponder. Opt, right? There are a bunch of cards that exist at that. So at one yeah. in the blue, it does feel like a uncommon slash common level power level. Okay. Um, for three mana, two in a blue, opponent returns a creature. Yeah, no thanks. no thanks. No thanks, never. Yeah, okay. I actually never want that to happen, right. really. <laughs> so <laughs> they only then, have one creature out for some reason. Yeah. Uh, so then we have... Three in the blue. Three in the blue. So four mana to make a 4-4. Four, four. Okay. Four mana, 4-4. Four, four, that's limited playable. Limited, yeah, limited playable in blue. Nice, All nice. right. Okay, now we have five mana value, four in a blue, for make a 4-4, four, four, scry one, draw a card, target opponent returns a creature to its owner's hand. I think that's actually pretty decent at that point. That is actually pretty decent. Yeah, five Because mana. think about a Mold Drifter. A Mold Drifter is, you know, a cards. smaller body, draw two cards. Yeah. You know, this and is... And gives you the option to cast it at three. Yeah. Well, this does give you options to cast it at a bunch of different different rates. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I feel like 
even if you right, like even doing the four mana option is bad in Commander. So you want to be I don't think only you, doing the yeah, five mana option. I don't think you'll ever do the four mana option. I think that you will. You do the two mana option or the five mana option. Exactly. Where I'm at, or yeah. the four mana option if you desperately need the creature. But I think honestly, you got to be at five mana for this card to be playable. I think that the three and the four, the creature and the bounce, are when you're desperate. Like someone yeah. cheats a blight steal into play or something crazy like that, and you're like, I need you to get rid of this right now. Yeah, hoping hoping it's their only creature i think like the nice part about this card is that it's playable early and it's definitely playable late because the two mana part of it isn't ideal but let's say you're struggling for lands and you just need something to do on your turn too i mean ideally you're ramping or doing playing like a mana rock but should you be in that sticky situation i could see it working there but this is kind of it's not super flashy for me otherwise yeah well i actually think that a lot of people will play it because number one um Mold Drifter goes really well in creature decks and blink decks. They use the body. Yeah. Um, and this might go really well with when they use the spell or they use ah. the creature token. You know okay. what I mean? There are a lot of decks that want spells rather than creatures. And that could be good. I mentioned Zexara earlier. Like this could create a Hydra along with it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, Mizzix can reduce the, the cast ah, yeah. cost of it and things like that. If you're casting this for one blue mana with Mizzix, then yeah, go nuts. Play this in there. But I feel like a Mizzix decks when it hits the battlefield, people are going to be scared of more things than a multiple choice answer. You know, there was that cycle of cards that had uh, basic land cycling on them where yes. it did something and then they had also had basic land cycling. Uh, I really liked those cards because it was like, okay, you have this effect that's, that you're going for, uh-huh. but if you need mana, you need mana in commander. Like, so go and get you know, the mana that you need. Yeah. I feel that if you're stumbling on mana or stumbling on something and you need it, like one in a blue, get deeper, get to your mana, hit those land drops. You know what I mean? When you need to play it, you know, you're, it's okay that you're overpaying for it. Yeah. I, I just think that you're probably going to play ponder in those moments instead. Cause you're, you're going to want to save that slot for something else. I don't know. We'll see. All right, moving on. Solve the equation after multiple choice. This is a test. All right. This is a card. I'm actually super excited about two in the blue for a sorcery. Search your library for an instant or a sorcery card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. Woohoo! It's a tutor at Uncommon. Now, it ain't no mystical tutor, but it is a sorcery that's two in the blue, and it's a card that I think is just going to be very valuable for so many commander players out there because it will be budget, it will be available, and it will be able to give you an effect at a not over, at a not sort of like super cheap cost that I think is pretty fair, all things considered. Yeah. The cheaper tutors are, the the better they are, yes. you know? And the instant um, speed, too. Instant speed, especially with ones that set up the top of your library, are really important because, like, you can you can basically set it up beforehand, and then when you draw it, it replaces the draw. Yeah. Um, this one tutors to your hand, correct? Yes. Yeah, so you're not losing out on it, but you're kind of taxing your next spell by three. Mm-hmm. So the more mana it costs, the, the worse it is. Very few cards, like Diabolic Tutor, like very few cards are worth four extra mana. Right. You know? But uh, solve the equation three mana. You play Spellseeker, right, DJ? You wrote that. Down. I play Spellseeker. A lot of and people I love play Spellseeker. Spellseeker. Yeah, and that has a more limited search quality. So yeah. I'm a big fan of that. So good job, uncommon. I like it. Thank goodness. Yes. Tempted by the Auric. One blue, blue, blue for a sorcery. For each opponent, gain control of up to one target creature or planeswalker that player controls with mana value three or less. All right, this was actually our preview card, uh, so make sure you head on over to that video because we talk about this card, whether or not you're going to get anything, what 
popular cards in the format are three mana value or less and all that good stuff. Surprising amount of them, honestly. Amount. I I was like, and then I like did the research and looked it up and it was way more than I thought. So I actually cool. like this card quite a bit. So I'm excited about it. So we'll, we'll see. But make sure you click that link. It's going to be in the description box. It'll be somewhere. It'll just be on our channel. If you're subscribed, you probably already have seen it, but we're not going to talk about it more here because we got a lot more cards to go. And before we get back to it, we got black, red, and green on deck. We're going to take a quick mid-roll break and hear from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, we are back with the Strixhaven set review, main set review, part one, part one, part one of two, the only monocolored cards here. Not the, okay, okay there's too much to talk about, so we're just going to get right into it. Um, we're in the black cards. We're in the black cards. All right, the first up is one that, well, we're both very excited about. It is the Black Mastery of the cycle, Baleful Mastery. Three in the black for an instant. You may pay one in the black rather than pay the spell's mana cost. If the one in the black cost was paid, an opponent draws a card. Exile target creature or planeswalker. So three in the black instant exile target creature or planeswalker. One in the black instant exile target creature or planeswalker. An opponent draws a card. Okay. So four mana exile a planeswalker creature a planeswalker is is good. Yeah, it's that's fine. Because like Vraska's contempt, but honestly, like Vraska's contempt gaining a couple life, like I don't care. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, the flexibility on this—that's where it matters. I do care a lot. So exiling a target creature or planeswalker—that's really important, right? So two mana exile a planeswalker, right? You have the elder spell to get rid of planeswalkers, but really, planeswalker removal relatively new in the game based yeah. on how long they've been around. Like there's only like like small things. It's like oh, destroy something three or less or something like that. So really. That that cost the two mana to exile a planeswalker right. is like unheard of. And then even going after creatures a two mana, there's always like a catch. It's like non-black, monocolored, Mon multicolored, yeah, like non-artifact. You know, this is a catch-all, and it exiles a lot of those. Destroy too. Mm -hmm. Giving like someone it. giving someone a card is a big cost. It is a big cost. Maybe you are like, hey DJ. No one likes that creature you got played. I'm going to exile it, but don't get mad at me. You get to draw a card. That might work. Right? Like, <laughs> could you could you remove the the hate? I mean... I'm look. a big fan of Arcane Denial. Yeah. Where it's like... It's counter, but you yeah, draw. Yeah, I'm going to counter it, but guess what? Like, you get to draw, you know? And yeah. I get to replace my card, too. All right. That's I, how I'm going to play the mastery of this one. I Although, like I will it. say, if I, 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 can, I can feel it now, right? It's game nights. We're all sitting around the table. I'm like, Josh, I'm going to do this. And he's going to go, no, I'm still going to attack you. 
you killed my creature. I'm like, all right, someone else gets to draw the card. And they're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> but the thing is that a lot of times when you when you have the option, one side is bad. Yeah. The the big mana costing side of this is not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Like the, all. the 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 blue one that we looked at, you know, the, the oh, blue gosh. mastery. Let's not ugh. two treasures in scry two versus one opponent drawing one card. I think that's but fine. also like the front side of it where it's like pay five, draw two. Yeah. Like that's not playable. That's not playable. This but is playable. Four mana exile to the thing is very playable. It is very playable. Instant speed. Again, that instant speed changes everything about this because the last two matches we talked about love it. are not instants. Okay. All right. Uh, I like this one. It's Callus Blood Mage. Two and a black for a two one creature vampire warlock. More warlocks in this set than we've ever had before. It's World of Warcraft now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> when Callus Blood Mage enters the battlefield, choose one. Create a 1-1 one, one black and green pest creature token with when this creature dies, you gain a life. You draw a card, you lose one life. Exile target player's graveyard. Okay, that's a lot of options on this guy. I this like is, this. This is one of my favorite cards in the set, honestly. Very because, um <laughs> Because creating two bodies for a lot of different decks is really good. Yes. You know, uh, in whenever they use that body, you know, we sacrifice it, weaponize it, you know, turn it in something else. It can be quite good. A risk of pests. Exactly. Is this set, yeah. Uh, drawing a card. Losing great. one life. Phyrexian Razor, one of my favorite cards of all time in Limited. Just two in the black for a creature where you draw a card. I love that. Just very playable. Uh, and then also the last one I think is should just be in way more decks. It's yeah. amazing. Just exile target opponent's graveyard. Look, if you're playing a vampire deck and you're like, I need a way to exile players' graveyards, Callous Bludgeon it just becomes your auto include as a creature because it matches your synergies. Um, but like even just two in the black for two creatures and one of them's a pest or two in the black draw card, right? There's a lot of different modalities on this. I think that you're going to be pretty happy Every when you play this. Every mode feels good, right? It like, feels it pretty feels good, useful. yeah. Especially, I mean, like, look, if you don't have any synergies with tokens or sacrificing them or aristocrats or whatever, then maybe the first part doesn't look so great. But I'm fine with a three mana two one that draws a card and loses a life if I need it. But more importantly, I think you're just going to play this in silver bullet someone's graveyard every time. And they're going to hate you for it. <laughs> um, Charming Prince was a comparison you made. I like that quite a bit. Yeah, it just feels like there's always something to do with it. Like there's always value to be gained. Yeah. Um, and though, even though you look at it, it's like, oh, it's a dinky little creature. It's like, no, it actually like synergizes really well and gives you options no matter where you are in the game. Yeah, I think when Wizards makes cards like this, my little heart jumps for joy because everyone watching or listening, can you envision a scenario or deck where each of these options is valuable? And I think every single person watching would be like, yes absolutely yes i i have a vampire deck yes i like to draw cards yes i play against a bajillion different graveyard synergies right graveyard decks are out there like crazy you need this kind of effect a lot more often than you think yeah and it's not pushed it's not going to be super expensive it's going to be widely available and that's the kind of card i like to see in my format all right moving on confront the past x in the black for a sorcery lesson choose one Return target Planeswalker card with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, or remove twice X loyalty counters from target Planeswalker and opponent controls. The art is very sad here. Liliana or Professor Onyx is looking at the mirror and realizing that Gideon's dead husk of a corpse is haunting her past. Oh, cool. 
Um, the cool thing about this card is black has a lot of reanimator effects, but not that many for planeswalkers, especially ones that are X in the black, because you can bring back cards at specific costs. There is, you know, ones that cost four black black to bring a bunch back and lose a lot of life. But Confront the Past does something that's somewhat new again in black because it's planeswalker related. Yeah. One thing about the front part is that I really don't like that you can't cheat the mana. Yeah. You know, because you're bringing back a planeswalker for one more, one black more than it costs. Um, I like reanimator when you cheat the mana cost, just playing it from the graveyard. Like, yeah, that's value. It's like I'm drawing the card, but you know, I like to cheat, but I guess it makes up for it with the fact that uh, you can kill something too. Yeah, I will say that the killing something probably right. Like if it's removed tw- twice, X loyalty counter. So let's say what's you pay- the biggest like what's the biggest loyalty that you see? Well, typically Six? something. Yeah, they'll play something. It'll go down to four, three if they're minusing it. Otherwise, they're plusing up to five or six. So for three in a black, you should be able to get rid of most planeswalkers on the battlefield, which is a good rate we've seen from literally the, yeah moments know, ago from Bale from Mastery right. So yeah. I feel like this is an efficient planeswalker removal spell. Um, I would just ask yourself, do you need Planeswalker Recursion in your Super Friends deck? Because this is this card is literally, right, if your opponents aren't playing Planeswalkers, and I feel like a lot of Magic players still don't in Commander, they're not as common, mm. uh, then this card, half it just doesn't matter. But if you're a deck that wants to always be bringing back Planeswalkers, and you know there are Planeswalkers on, on the battlefield generally, then this is better. Otherwise, I would say this is right around the middle. It really is meta-dependent and deck-dependent. Agreed. Okay. Auric Lore Mage. Two black black for a 3-3 creature human warlock. Has an activated ability. Oh, yes. Tap. Search your library for a card. Put it into your graveyard, then shuffle. If it's an instant or sorcery card, put a plus one plus one counter on Auric Lore Mage. Yes! Okay, so black, red, and blue. Before this set, literally, only had like one or two ways to be able to add a plus one plus one counters onto their creatures. And I say this is important because I've been on the lookout since the beginning because of Marchesa of the Black Rose. So this is like an amazing card in that deck because, again, putting cards into your graveyard can be like drawing them in the right decks. Uh, you wrote down cards like Corpse Connoisseur, Gravebreaker, Lamia. Um, These are widely played. You know, people play just in Tomb. They yeah. give up a card in value yeah. to just put a card in their graveyard, and this creature can do it over and over and over again. If you're playing a deck that likes to have cards, instants, and sorceries in the graveyard, even better, especially if you're going to flash them back or whatever. So Auric Lormage has a way to give itself a plus one, plus one counter, making it great from our Chase of decks. Uh, it also has ways to put awesome stuff in the graveyard for Around Me decks, uh, Chainer, Dementia yes. decks. Kess, oh, Kess is a perfect place. Well, think of Marisol the Pretender that that wants things in the graveyard and wants to use activated abilities and like Ah, steals them. You know what I mean? Nice, yeah. It's super good with that. Yeah, so I actually like this card quite a bit. It reminds me of the fact that I need to be on the lookout now because there are a lot more cards that put plus and plus and counters on creatures in black. Okay, so Necrotic Ooze has activated abilities of all the cards in your graveyard. Mm -hmm. Okay, so with this in your graveyard and Necrotic Ooze on the battlefield, you can just tap the Necrotic Ooze to put anything into your graveyard. For example, a Devoted Druid, which has the activated ability of putting a minus one counter on and untapping. Uh huh. Uh, Then you can tap it again to start uh, putting other stuff into your graveyard. For example, Morse Hoarder. Morse Hoarder. I gotta look this card up. I've never heard of this card in my life. Basically gives you infinite mana with this combo, and then you can put whatever activated ability Morsel you want. Hoarder. Yeah, here we yeah. go. Yeah, it comes to play with two minus one minus one counters on it, but you remove it to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Aha! 
I see we're on the way to making infinite mana. Devoted Druid puts it on. Morsel Hoarder. You're right. I have to look it up too. <laughs> takes it <laughs> off and creates a mana. You just keep doing this with just one Necrotic Ooze you have on the battlefield. All the rest of the stuff is safe in your graveyard. And then, bam, you have infinite mana. Do whatever you want. You can even activate it one more time. Throw right. an Una in your graveyard. And then your Necrotic Ooze has the activated ability of Una. Create a bajillion fairies slash all your opponents out. I mean, hey, play this with Kelpie Guide. Untap it. Do it twice. This is basically a tutor it's a repeatable tutor uh into your graveyard and it has extra upside with plus and plus one counters if it's an instant or sorcery crazy so, good card pretty good card yeah all right next up is the first planeswalker we'll be talking about and the only one we'll be talking about in the monocolor cards it's professor onyx aka liliana it's a legendary planeswalker liliana for five loyalty with five loyalty it has a static ability with Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Woo! Storm decks. <laughs> Tendrils of Liliana. Tendrils of Liliana, yeah. Uh, Professor Onyx's plus one is you lose one life. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Uh, the minus three. Each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures that players controls. And then the minus eight, each opponent may discard a card. If they don't, they lose three life. Repeat this process six more times. So that's like a... a torment of hellfire. It's a torment of hellfire on an ultimate. Now, she comes in with five. I don't think you're ever getting to eight, really. But if you do, that's pretty win-the-game moment. Um... I don't see how you can't win the game before that with that crazy tendrils of agony text on it. Yeah, exactly. Like you're drawing cards and then every spell you cast, it's like drain all of you guys. I gain into, oh my gosh. And the plus one's not bad. You lose a life. You get one draw out of that and then the rest go into your graveyard. Uh, this is a color that likes having heavy graveyard stuff in there. So Professor Onyx, though, I would just compare her for me to like the other six mana Professor uh, Liliana's in the past. Like Liliana, Dreadhorde General. I think that card's mm, that's pretty a good sweet card because you're drawing cards when creatures die. It I feels think, different. Like you need the instants and sorceries for this one. Yeah, exactly. This one's definitely the Magecraft version of Liliana, which is cool. But six mana is an expensive planeswalker. You really need your deck to be focused on that ability. Otherwise, it's not going to be as flashy or as good as you want. All right. Let's take a look at our last black card. It's Sedgemore Witch. Two and a black for a 3-2 creature human warlock with menace. It has ward of pay three life. You know, so it's not the mana cost Right, not mana time. cost. You have to pay ward, three life to target it. pay three life. Interesting. Uh, Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, create a 1-1 one, one black and green pest creature token with when this creature dies, you gain one life. Okay, all right, Sedgemore Witch. I'm a big fan of this card. Really? Why is that? Because you, just think of the Liliana. We imagine that sort of draining, like cast a bunch of spells. Mm -hmm. With this, it comes down early. It doesn't come down at six. Like, yeah. It comes down early, and every spell you cast, it's creating a 1-1. One -one. We know that Monastery Mentor is good. We know that Young mm. Pyromancer and those other effects that create 1-1s one is really good. This is creating those 1-1 one, one pests, with, which are slightly better than those 1-1 one, one yeah. elementals. That, and you, know, you can play this in mono black as well, because it doesn't have, even though it makes a black and green creature, it doesn't actually have any green pips or anything on it. So yeah, Sedgemore Witch, two in the black, same cost as your mentor in Young Pyros. 
So mentor that, might be better, but it is well. I mentor think is, is definitely a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, but we're comparing it to an amazing card. Um, yeah, this, but this even by itself, mentor is a huge target for removal. So you're actually charging them a little bit more because of the ward of three life. I like this in Sig River Cutthroat get decks because <laughs> you're always trying to get in three damage, and you are trying to go wide. Yeah, uh, and oftentimes you you do have some more of that spell synergy. Um, okay. I I I like this style of card because. It's not as big and flashy as some of the six mana, seven mana spells, but it comes down, it goes under the radar, and it gives you value over multiple turns just by playing your normal commander game. Yeah, I like this as well. Uh, you're just going to get a lot of value out of it, obviously. Again, you're, you, if your deck has ways to use those creatures, great. Um, but, you know, two in the black, three, two, Menace. That's a pretty standard. Oh, I standard forgot text. to say Menace. Josh it's yelled okay. at me earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to yell at you. I'm just going to say it later. All right, moving on to Red. Let's see if Red had some helpers here. Caldheim had a lot of great cards for Red. We'll see if they match up to that in this set. First up is Conspiracy Theorist. Looks exactly like one, by the way. You'd expect you know this person to be shouting at you over the internet about something. <laughs> one in a red for a 2-2 creature human shaman. Whenever Conspiracy Theorist attacks, you may pay one mana and discard a card. If you do draw a card... And whenever you discard one or more non-land cards, you may exile one of them from your graveyard. If you do, you may cast it this turn. Okay, so that first line of text, eh, no thanks. No, but the fact that you can kind of still have access to those cards that you discard yeah. is interesting. I like that. Yeah, which is cool because it, you know they're not tied to each other, right? Which is nice because rummaging is something that red does quite a lot cathartic reunion faithless looting these are all cards that discard cards into your graveyard and unfortunately you can only cast the card it's not you can't like discard the land exile it and play it but this does give you a little bit of extra value there which is kind of nice so this i'm looking at this like an enchantment effect it's one in a red for this enchantment um if you're looting a lot merfolk looter jace friend prodigy this is good bedlam reveler is a card that discards your hand as well when you play it um reality everwise seems like a perfect place for yeah the you card. want to discard with that uh, commander like crazy so having another level of discard uh, and access to those cards is really good yeah uh, you could even wheel with this or windfall with this and find that last value of that card that you didn't want to discard but you actually can still play it this turn yeah comes down really early i like the the curve of that for sure yeah okay um i have a good one this one is Cackle with power. Jimmy, crackle, what's your crackle? No, you I wanna... will be. You will be cackling. Oh, it is crackle with power. You will be cackling when you. I was cast about to this. ask you what your favorite cackle was. And... <laughs> That's like the witch cackle. Why isn't it cackle with power? Okay, crackle with power. <laughs> X X X red red. Woo. Oh, that mana cost. Okay. Triple crackle X. with power <laughs> deals five times X damage to each of up to X targets. Okay. Jimmy, so, I printed out a chart. I saw there's a table on here because, you know, when you look at cards like this, they're hard to evaluate unless you understand, right, what you're paying for X, what's totally going to cost. Yeah, like you can imagine that's just like, oh my gosh, five times X, this is going to be huge. And huge. it can be huge, but you have to know what you're paying into it. Okay. Yeah, each of X targets, by the way. So if you pay five for X, you're going to be able to target five different things. But let's go through it. Yeah, so let's say you're paying one for X. Okay, so that's going to cost you... X, X, one, X, one, so one, one, red, one. Red. So, so that's five mana. Five mana. You're dealing five damage to one target. Eh, no, thanks. You don't want a lava, lava X? Lava X. At <laughs> least it's a target and not directly to a player. Okay. So you can't, now you have to go up by threes. So there's no like, oh, I have six or seven mana. So right. you have to jump straight up to eight total mana. That's X is two. So eight total mana, you're dealing 10 damage to two targets. Okay. And the total damage is 20 
And you actually, Alex, also calculated how much damage per mana. Yes. So that's 2.5 damage for the mana you cast, because it's 20 which is over... A very, which is quite a good rate. Yeah, over yeah. 8. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Okay. Uh, 11. If you play, pay uh, f- 3 X is equal to each, 3. So yeah, X is equal to 3, CMC so 11. is 11, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, you're dealing 15 damage, total damage of 45 spread out. Um with a man, damage per mana of four three 1. people, so eleven mana you're dealing a lot. Fifteen damage, 15 to, three damage different to three targets. different targets. Forty five total. That's pretty good. That's a four point one damage per mana is insane. Yeah, that's a lot. That lightning bolt, by the way, one of the most efficient red burn spells ever is one red mana for three damage. So yeah. by going from X is equal to two to three, you are getting past lightning bolt efficiency. Yeah. Um. There are some red spells out there that do are very, very efficient that hit each opponent. Right. Uh, that can be good, like Price of Progress or... Um, uh, oh, right. Your Earthquake type effect, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, or your t- you know, your two red red that deals um, Fiery Confluence. Fiery Confluence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there, there are some damage spells out there that have a really good rate. Uh, it's hard to be able to imagine to cast... Like, I can keep going up to, like... Do you want to do <laughs> 32 mana? So if you sink 10 into it, it'll do... 50 damage so x is equal to 10 so 10 to 20 30 10 plus targets. 2 yeah that's 50 damage 500 total damage <laughs> to 10 different targets that's 15.6 damage for each yeah mana. but how much are we really casting 10 11 is 11 the top end of this i think 11 is the most you're pre- pre- presumably going to be able to put into and this. then so that might be like 15 to each of your opponents yeah that's pretty good it's I think that that this gets even better if you can reduce mana cost, if you can cheat things, uh, if you uh, have a huge influx of mana, um, like you cheat a lot of your mana. Yeah, right. Like I could see this being good on both ends of Neheb the Eternal, which is one of my favorite decks, because Mm -hmm. sometimes I just make like 40 mana on the second main phase, and then Blammo, you can then pump that into a Crackle with power and Cackle with victory. But otherwise, yeah, it's going to be tough. Ward the Raid Mother maybe as well. And like you said, Mizzix. Yeah, in those situations, you're copying, you're cheating the mana, you're getting a little bit extra because yeah. it is clunky investing XXX because uh, the X needs to be pretty big for you to get that huge mana value because just on its surface, like five damage for five, it's like a bad yeah, it's removal bad. spell. It's bad. You d- yeah. you need to be three or, three or four is the sweet spot. So eight yeah. mana or 11 mana. So you treat this as a finisher. All right, Draconic Intervention, two red, red for a sorcery. As an additional cost to cast a spell, exile an instant or a sorcery card from your graveyard. Draconic Intervention deals X damage to each non-dragon creature where X is the exiled card's mana value. If a creature dealt damage this way would die this turn, exile it instead. Exile Draconic Intervention. Okay, so this reminds us of Crux of Fate, which is a black board wipe that can destroy all non-dragon creatures or all dragon creatures, and it's pretty good in, in those dragon decks. Yeah, in dragon decks, they love it, because it's a five-mana one-sided board wipe. This, If this can be a, not, a one-sided board wipe for your dragon deck, then it will be very good, but if there's an extra hoop, and so we have to wonder how Yeah, you how need to have hoop. an instant or sorcery from your graveyard to exile, otherwise you just can't cast this card. You literally can't cast it. And then it's dealing damage based on that. So let's say you did, oh, cool, I have a Faithless Looting I can exile out of there. Well, guess what? You deal one damage to each non-dragon creature. Eh. 
Do you know what I was thinking? I was thinking about doing a, a Prismari Dragons deck with the Elder Dragon from the Galazeth Prismari. The Prismari. Yeah, yeah, the one that does crazy things with artifacts, turning them into Moxen. Right. Uh, and but also wants some big spells because you can ramp so so well. I was thinking about doing like a Dragon Storm type thing. Okay. Do yeah. you like dragons? Is it Prismari? Throw this dragon board wipe in there. You know, get some get some big cool stuff going on. Yeah, I do love a dragon deck. I do have one that I've played very often in. Teamer colors. So Draconic Intervention, I think it can be good, but the restrictiveness really does make me yeah, less excited about like it. Like I have a Jund, I have a Jund Dragon Tribal deck. Uh-huh. Uh, and I don't think I can play this just because <laughs> like know. I have Crux of Fate in there, but like what are the odds that I'm gonna be able to put that into the graveyard? Like I have dragons in the deck. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you don't have as many instants or sorceries, and the ones that you do are like like cramp. cultivate and like yeah, right. Like that kind but of is stuff. dealing three damage to each non-dragon creature gonna be enough? Maybe. It is more selective. And the nice thing is it does exile those cards. So I think, you, one, you have to be playing a dragon deck, I think. I think so, too. Um, and two, you got to make sure you have a reasonable, reliable way to get enough. What if you just have, like, two dragons? What if it's just your commander's dragon? Oh, I could see that working, too. It's just, like, a to little bit a of a bird up. wipe. I mean, in that case, you know, red again, look, red doesn't have, if you're mono red and you're a dragon deck, this is great because red doesn't have that much access to board wipes. Um, Because like a blasphemous act looks really nice with this, right? Because you blasphemous act or you put in the graveyard and then blammo, you can exile that with your kind of intervention, do a ton of damage. Yeah, but you just mentioned blasphemous act and now all I want is a blasphemous act. Yeah, I want blasphemous (laughs) act too. Oh, well, it's dragonous act. Okay, moving on, moving on. A freet flame painter. Three and a red for a one for a freet shaman. It's got double strike. Hey. Whenever a freet flame painter deals combat damage to a player, you may cast target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. Ooh. That spell would be put into your graveyard, exile it instead. Okay. It's got double strike, so if it does get through, it's gonna hit cast a spell and then hit again and cast a spell right can't cast the same one because it's going to be exiled but this does seem pretty interesting i like it um, Yeah. okay okay but one one thing is that you might remember or you might not actually remember wildfire eternal right this it was is, the one that lets you cast spells if it made contact and it had a flicked yeah and it isn't blocked because it flicked four so if it isn't blocked then yeah Hmm. It was not. It was not played very much. No, because yeah, you're casting it without paying its mana cost, and it gets back to the graveyard too. It's not even getting exiled. But a free flame painter, on the other hand, even more reason to block it. Only one power, so very easy to block, right? Yeah. Um, but I find that more and more often, maybe it's different in your playgroup, but a lot of people are, you know, toning back their creatures. I almost always have someone, uh, to freely attack on turn three or four. Right. And if you're playing this in your Subira deck, then you have the ability to make this unblockable. Um, Torbrand makes it harder to block as well. So Torbrand. So I could see this working, but again, you have to have enough targets in your graveyard for this to work. So you want to be in a spells matters deck as well. It's kind of like Warren Instigator, which lets you cat goblins on the battlefield. It's got double strike, but you got to be in a goblin deck to do so. So I think a free flame painter seems like it's pretty hype, but you, it, it does need to be very deck dependent again. Okay. Last red card is the red mastery in the mastery cycle. Fervent mastery. Three red red for a sorcery. You may pay two red red rather than pay the spell's mana cost. That's just one mana less. Mm. If the two red red cost is paid, an opponent discards any number of cards, then draws that many cards. What? (laughs) Uh, However, what the spell says is search your library for up to three cards, put them into your hand, shuffle, then discard three cards at random. 
It's like a triple gamble. Jimmy, what do you think of triple gamble? I mean, I think it's way too risky. That's for sure. What you, if you need a board? You need a board wipe. And <laughs> so you just go and you get three board wipes and just you're going to end up with one of them, right? Hopefully. I mean, as long as you don't discard all three of them, this this absolutely sucks if this is the last card in your hand. Um, and I think in general, you want to find cards that will be good for your underworld breaches or your, you know, chain or nightmare adept. If you're getting a pass in flames, then it's fine. Yeah, you know? no matter where it goes, it's going to have value. One thing that is a little bit sad is that gamble is so good because it is so cheap. One red mana, yeah. Yeah, one red mana to, to get it. And a lot of times it doesn't matter if it ends up in your graveyard or sometimes you just take the risk. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you never want to just search up stuff and hope you don't discard it because discarding three cards out of your hand, it's it. there's a good chance you're going to lose some of them. And especially hurts if you're looking for one thing because then there's three chances of getting rid of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like you're never ever going to pay the two red red costs because this is absurd. You let someone discard any number of cards and draw that many cards. If they're in the graveyard deck, good job. You really just powered them up. Maybe if you're playing like a Nekusar deck, then you could do that because mm. they can't discard and draw. They're going to die to all of your Nekusar effects. But So narrow. Yeah, maybe this is good in the Lord <laughs> Windgrace deck. Hey, J- hey Jimmy, Jimmy, yeah. I, got a, I got a proposition for you. Oh, boy. Have you heard of a card called Opposition Agent? I have. Oh, <laughs> no. That's actually pretty good. With I get the mastery. tutor for three things, and then you still have to discard three cards at random? Yeah, that's pretty bu- That's pretty brutal. <laughs> Whenever there's a search effect on cards, I'm well, always like... Well, in that case, like, they wouldn't discard any cards because they're not going to draw on you, right? They're like, yeah, no thanks. Is it if you draw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. They discard any number of cards. No, no, no. I'm it. talking about your search. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't care about them drawing. I cards. don't want opposition agent. I was thinking whole breacher in that case. Oh, okay, yeah. No, um, I would opposition agent, and I would tutor for three cards out of your deck, and then you would discard three cards at random. Yeah, that's awful, <laughs> man. That's actually so rude. Does that make, does that make you sad a little this bit? This makes this card look so much worse. That's what it does. Um, maybe if you're a Lord Windgrace deck and you want, you don't care about things going into your graveyard. You're gonna find your three best lands, and whether you play them or they get discarded, it doesn't matter. I could see that working there. Are you going to play it? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's red. Okay. Red. So yeah. now we're on to green. Womp womp. Womp womp. womp. I thought red was okay. Yeah, it wasn't that great. Yeah. Kaldheim had some sick red cards. I'll just say that much. Mm. Kaldheim. Kaldheim was good. Kaldheim was good. This is good too. Okay. I got a good one right here. Okay. Accomplished Alchemist. Three and a green for a two five elf druid. Tap to add one mana of any color. Mm-hmm. There's more. Uh, <laughs> tap to add X mana of oh. any one color, where X is the amount of life you gained this turn. Hey. There we go. That's a card. Because four mana add one mana is like blah, blah, blah. Yeah, get but out of here. four mana add... Five? Six? Yeah. Seven? I mean, the, the life gain decks are really good at gaining life. Yes. And so a lot of times this could gain you a ton. Have you ever played against a Wellwisher? Like in that elves, those elves deck? I haven't. Is it nuts? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> you just tap and you just gain like 10, 12 life off of off of your stuff. Yeah. And then you tap this sucker. Wow, that's well, a lot, man. A lot of those decks, they have untap abilities as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you return a forest, untap an elf. You know, so you can have these life gain decks that end up, end up gaining a lot. Right. Tristani ends up gaining a ton of life. Uh, Lathiel, the Bountist Dawn, that, yeah. that horse gains a lot. This reminds me of Kaidel, which taps for the number of cards you gain, but I th- draw, but I think gaining life is much easier. It um, is. It is easier to gain. 
gain life than draw cards. I do think it's a little limiting though, because being in green, green does have a lot of good, right? Like feed the clan with this is like, you're, you're just tapping for 10 or whatever. Ooh. But like, I don't know, right? Like this is much better when you have white and then Esper is like, right? Like a lot of the, tr the classic life gain cards are in other colors. So green has some things with the elf parts of it. This seems really exciting, though, for those life gain decks because yeah. it's tap for a ton. And Witherbloom is is kind of in that life gain area in this one, which I right. like a lot because we know that green white has it, we know that black white has it, and now that green black has a little bit more overlap. Yeah, I think it's a good a good space for it. Yep, I like that quite a bit. You, will, you someone out there will be seeing this tap for a ton of mana very soon. Mm -hmm. Next up is Dragon's Guard Elite. One in the green for a 2-2 creature human druid with Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Dragon's Guard Elite. And you can pay four green, green to double the number of plus one, plus one counters on Dragon's Guard Elite. So this is a card that's good early, <coughs> relevant later, obviously. Um, and it's a card that you would be happy to, in your plus one, plus one counter decks, to sort of stack the counters on. Because at some point for six man, you can double it and double it again and make it huge. Six mana is a lot, though. Yeah. Um, you you said it all. Uh, some people are going to like it for plus one, plus one counters. Yeah. But uh, I like that it's good early and good late, but, you know. It's, it's, whatever. it's whatever. If you have ways to add trample, then this is much more relevant. For sure. Okay. Ecological appreciation. Mm. X2 green for a sorcery. Search your library and graveyard for up to four creature cards with different names. Uh, that each have mana value X or less hmm. and reveal them. An opponent chooses two of those cards, shuffle the chosen cards into your library and put the rest onto the battlefield. Exile ecological appreciation. Okay, so you're getting them onto the battlefield. That's interesting. They all have to have different mana values though. X, different names. Different names, sorry, but sorry. But the mana value X or less. X or less. So this isn't true tutoring as you wrote down here, right? Yeah, so... If you are looking for specific things in your deck, this won't get it because you're giving your opponents the choice. And very rarely can you have enough redundancy in Commander mm -hmm. to get four different cards that that force them to give you exactly what you want. Like if yeah. you really want that Devoted Druid or that Heliod or something it's like that. It's kind of like the combo. Gifts Given thing too. Yeah, right? yeah. exactly. So, so you have to look at it um, as a value engine essentially yeah the cool thing is that they do go onto the battlefield so let's look at this as x is equal to one so this is a four cmc card you can search your library by the way and graveyard keep that in mind that's actually pretty sweet and then you're going to find four creature cards with different names at one cmc and four mana i could see you just getting four mana dorks and two of them come out on the battlefield so that ramps you by two so it's a four mana whatever um when you're paying six mana for it so now x is equal to three uh, you're grabbing three CMCs. You're gonna then you know. finally you're finally like breaking the even the mana cost. right yeah, because you're, you're getting like two them. three CMCs for yeah. six mana. Yeah, cost because you, you six put mana. Six mana in. You get two three threes on the battlefield. Then you're finally paying six mana for two three threes. Right. Um. Again, you don't get to choose which ones exactly. Yeah, you, you kind of want to choose. You get to kind of. I feel like you're just going to try and go look for super high value cards that no matter what they give you, you're going to be happy with the result. But it's not going to be the thing that gives you the win on the spot. So like you'd find a dockside extortionist or a recruiter of the guard or an imperial recruiter or like a fauna shaman because they don't need to be the same CMC. They just CMC X or less, right? Yes, that's Just correct. different names. So you could just find super high value creatures and no matter what the opponent takes away, you're still happy with the end result. Maybe you didn't gain mana on the cost, but you're essentially getting two things on the battlefield for free. 
there are some ways to kind of get what you're looking for. I'm I'm imagining this in those green white decks that have a lot of combos in there. In there, like Renegade Rallyer and Safi Eric's daughter, and oh, some see, of those yeah. some of those things that do have that. Maybe you get something so horrible they don't want to deal with it, like Gaddic Teague. Or if you're like an uh, Aristocrats deck, you just find four combo pieces. Doesn't matter which two you keep because they're all good towards mm. your end result, right? The, like a you know. You get like a Judith and a, you know, mm-hmm. the Reveler and like a... A Viscera Seer. Seer. Yeah, you have a lot of different things you can pack out of there. You're never... The thing is that you're never going to get exactly what you want, and that's what... <sighs> I mean, what if this was just, hey, you need to get a sack outlet. You can pay enough mana to get four creatures that all can do sack outlet things. Technically, you only need three, too. Right. So that could be worth it there. Eh, it's interesting. I think it, the question I'm trying to ask, like, are you that big mana deck that's trying to get four huge things you're putting, like, six into this? Or are you better off grabbing four small how creatures? Many four, how many four drops do you have in your in your deck? Do you have four one drops, two drops, three drops, etc.? I think I would have... I, I, at least I have at least two or three one drops and definitely a, a bunch of two drops and a ton of three drops. Yeah, so that's why I was thinking about in those creature-based combo decks a little bit because I do know that there's a critical mass of those, you right. know, two and three drops in there. Yeah. So I think this card is actually really interesting. I think, you know, you could be the deck that can do both early and late, you know, because a lot of those green decks have a lot of like early one mana CMC rampers to get to the big spells later. And then later on in the game, you can cast this for way bigger and you can still get right. Like if you pull out a crater hoof, a woodfall primus and two other creatures on that level, no matter what Ooh. they leave you with, you're going to you get, you can, do you think you can get up that mana? I don't know. I don't think so. But like at the same time, if <laughs> but you're like, cause here's the thing, like, would you rather have that in your deck or a green sun Zenith? Obviously a green sun Zenith. Or Hopefully a this court is, of calling. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe this is just, would you rather have a birthing pod? I actually would rather have this and that because you can play it early and get some value out of it. Right. Just getting four one drops and being like, okay, give me two mana dorks is going to ramp you really well and prepare you for the next turn. And then later on, if you need to draw green suns or a card like ecological appreciation, you can at least get something out. It's not going to ever guaranteed get you that win con. I don't think. And I think they made it that way on purpose. Yeah. All right, next up, Emergent Sequence. One in the green for a sorcery. Search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield, tapped, then shuffle. Pretty good so far. That land becomes a 0-0 green and blue fractal creature that's still a land. Put a plus one, plus one counter on it for each land you had entered the battlefield under your control this turn. Okay, Rampant Growth is good. But a land that can then get blown up, not so good. Yeah, I mean, but people do play Dryad Arbor and they use it for other things, you know. Uh, yeah, so. people play that Nissa that makes your lands into three threes. Obviously, like creature lands aren't the worst. You just feel really bad when they get blown up. Yeah, and sometimes you just want your ramp to ramp and have it be safe, and that's mm-hmm. why we get lands on the battlefield sometimes rather than playing mana dorks and stuff like that. I, I don't what think you're going to see very many people that are going to pinpoint removal at your land, though. There's going to fi- they're going to no, want to kill something. Gonna, else. I think it's going to get swept up in a board wipe or something yeah, like that. that that's the real there. case that this thing goes away. I think right. And then potentially become a 3-3 or 4-4 if you're playing your Omnath Locus of Creation decks. You know, you're trying to get tons of landfall triggers in. So I could see Emergent Sequence making a big creature, but at the very minimum, it's another two-mana sorcery that ramps you a land. So it's another rampant growth that has just been introduced to the format. I like it. I, I think I'll like it more if there's like, maybe I do have those Nisses or some other synergy or plus one, plus one counter synergies or something flavorful that makes it, you know, edges out the other kinds of ramp spells this kind of card makes it hard for other colors to catch up because now we have three visits being reprinted emergent sequence Mm -hmm. red white they never get anything as efficient really on this consistent basis not to mention this is an uncommon okay yeah i like that it's an uncommon a lot okay 
Exponential growth. X, X green green for sorcery. Until end of turn, double target creature's power X times. Chimmies, rise up. There are a lot of big, like, pour as much mana into X and then do crazy things. This is I, big, dumb, and fun. It's a sorcery, though. So, ah, oh, man, I really wish this was an instant. Right? If it was like the this clunkiest great combat berserk trick? anywhere. Yeah. What if this <laughs> was just the clunkiest berserk? It's just like, I don't know. Yeah. It could have been instant. I mean, maybe it wouldn't be that fun and limited, but. Yeah, people online were just writing what they could make really big. Like, Gashath gets to 28 power when you pay six in this. Your Galta becomes a 48 48. Your Impervious Great Worm becomes a 64 64. Uh, I mean, that's that's that seems like the best case here because no trample, right? You're, or you maybe. Have trample on the creature. What if you just fling it? There you go. Just fling it. Fling it. Okay, last green card of the day is a Verdant Mastery, the final one in the cycle. Five and a green for a sorcery. You may pay three and a green rather than pay this spell's mana cost. Search your library for up to four basic land cards and reveal them. Put one of them onto the battlefield tapped under an opponent's control if the three and a green cost was paid. Put two of them onto the battlefield tapped under your control and the rest into your hand then shuffle. So if you're paying six mana for this, five and a green, you're going to get four basic lands, two of them on the battlefield, and then two into your hand. If you're paying three and a green, you get two on the battlefield, one in your hand, and one under an opponent's control tapped. Ramp at later points in the game is far worse than ramp in the early game. Right. Um, so you'd want to pay four mana for this, not six. Yes. At six mana you're not really getting everything that you want out of it because you have six man already. You're ramping to eight and then you have your ninth land. It's, it's fine, but you can get there faster at all points along the curve. If you just ramp earlier on. Yeah. You wrote, it was interesting. Like, is this much worse than the template discovery that doesn't get their full value? And I would say, yeah, because you're only getting basic lands with verdant mastery. You can't find your crazy, super crazy utility lands. Yep. Uh, and that's a big, I think that is the deal breaker for it, man. If you could get any land, you know, there are lands out there that are just like blue creatures have bands with legends or something like that. Like there's so <laughs> many weird troll lands out there. I would love to have this, get your guy's cradle. And then you just give someone like a troll land, a weird land that doesn't even tap for mana or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't tap for mana. It does something really awful. Gives you, you give them a maze of it on the condition they can never use it against you. Oh man. <laughs> um, I like that you wrote this down. If you have basic land walk in your deck, like swamp walk or whatever, then you can give them the land and then your creature can attack them forever. Good, good. There's a bunch of elf, elf lords that give forced walk. Yeah. We're, we're really reaching here. I think this is bad. Yeah, it's a big downside, I think. Maybe you can play this in Jodzi because you want to get lands into your hand and casting a six mana spell isn't insane in the deck that's just ramp, 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 ramp all day. But otherwise, there's so many options in green that I don't think this is really ever going to see any play. Agreed. Okay, that does it for our monocolored cards in Strixhaven. We have multicolored coming up next, but right now we're going to talk about something even more interesting. Most powerful new monocolored card. Uh, I'm just going to grab the ones that I think uh, I want. Um, let's see if I can find this Edo one. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. We're pretty agreed on this one. So you want to just say it? Yes. Baleful Mastery. Yeah, one of the it's most just, efficient removal spells we've seen in quite a while. It's just an efficient removal spell. It just kills things. It's yeah. great. Who doesn't like something that kills things? Yeah. Um, I'm also a big fan of my favorite new monocolor card is Solve the Equation. Because, look, we need more tutors that are accessible. That is important. That's important to me. It is important. 
And then what did you have down? Oh, yeah, you had this. Actually, I like this one as, as well for a favorite. Yeah, so one of my favorite new cards is the Sedgemore Witch, which is the one that creates those pests with every instant sorcery spell you cast. Has Menace, is good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we also both wrote down Secret Rendezvous as our new favorite new Molokutter card. Look, there's so much. I think that the more hate there was for it, that like people were saying, like tweeting at me, they're like, it's not good. And I'm like, it's fine. I'm like, I like it. I think it is good. Yeah. And I want to see it played and I want people to have fun playing it when they do. Um, and the only other card that popped up to me is Auric Lore Mage because I'm just excited to put it into my Marchesa deck. And that's always going to sway my opinion. Honestly, any card also that can just combo with Necroticus like that, where it's yeah. just like, oh, pretty you good. Cast, you just cast Necroticus and you won the game. Okay. Okay. Sure. Why not? <laughs> All right. That kind of engine is awesome. That's going to wrap up our set review for this part of it today. To the listeners, what are your favorite cards from the monocolor cards we just mentioned? What commander decks are they going into? Did we miss a combination that's so obvious that you can't believe that the Command Zone podcast could have blanked on it? Let us know in the comments, but in a nice, polite way. <laughs> and of course, if you want to pick up any of these cards, head on over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Just type that affiliate link in, hit enter, blammo. The affiliate code will be applied. You're on the exact same site you were before. And now you can pre-order all of your awesome stuff from Strixhaven, maybe even just order at this point. We also have Forgotten Realms coming out. We're going back to Innistrad later this year. Lots of really interesting stuff. Modern Horizons 2. Modern Horizons 2. Modern well, Horizons we back. was so good to me. Yeah, I, I can't wait. There's so many ways to in cards in that format that it did feel like Commander Horizons quite a bit. So I'm excited to see what yeah. happens in the this, in this second version of that. And when you get those cards, protect them with Ultra Pro. Ultra Pro sleeves, you got the amazing dice, you got playmats, you got deck boxes, all sorts of ways to make your cards look better than they ever did before. And they're never going to get hurt by water or the elements or whatever else they're up to on that crazy College of Strixhaven. Now, normally we do end steps, but not this week, not this month, because we, we are... We only do one end, end step a week yeah. for normal commands and episodes. We're pumping out so many episodes so many. that we just got to... We just got to get to the next episode. Yeah, tell honestly. us in the comments what your end step would be. Okay. Big thanks to Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Alfred Desaka, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nunn, Jordan Pridgen, Arthur Meadowcroft, Sam Waldo, and Guarov Gulati. And big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the living card animations that often live behind us on set and do start our show at the YouTube page that we're at. You can find Jeffrey at Living Cards MTG. We're talking too much. We got more set reviews to cover. So we're just going to leave yeah. that, right, DJ? Ring that bell icon because there's Beep. another episode coming out. We're going to cover the multicolored cards, the colorless cards, some lands, good stuff coming up really Very soon. Very soon. All right. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. 
Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.